Welcome to the show. It's frankly speaking, nine until ten in the morning. Thank you to Gareth and the gang. Rorosang, Shavalala Dumelang, Sean Pincham, Daddy, Lega, Roten Lega, Robert Simonat. I am an Andrew. Why am I so many times as I tell you? I'm sorry. What? I'm Robert. What is it? Get close to Monate now. Get close to Monate. But maybe I'm speaking to one. No. And I don't even know it. No, leave That's it. That's how good I am. No, no, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> so we saw a whole bunch of uh, of shenanigans and fighting yesterday. How did you feel uh, the FF did? If you were like calling the fight. No comment, but I think it touches on the big point of today. Is the Rainbow Nation a fallacy? Uh, w- once upon a time, we dreamt about seeing... A parliament that's dominated by black people making laws that govern laws that 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 um, that prefer or represent a majority of the country. Uh, that is what parliament has descended into, and I, I imagine a lot of people are asking, "Was this was this rainbow nation thing uh, a pipe dream?" We see the things that are happening with uh, the the judge was a judge Janssen mm-hmm. and Matt Tiernison, Penny Sparrow. Is this Rainbow Nation thing a fallacy? So that was coined by Archbishop Desmond Tutu. Uh, and uh, now if you look at what's happening in Vuani, if you look what's happened on UJ campus, uh, if you just look at just the, the, the discontent in the country. Just the be careful, Rory. Is, Rory, you're killing me. You're sounding a bit more like Sihle every day here. Hey, don't call me Sihle. Don't even go there. No, 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 no. All right, well, we got uh, an amazing guest in studio today. Uh, his name is Lebohang Rastava. He, he is the man, the thinker uh, behind the people versus the Rainbow Nation. He's going to be chatting to us in studio this morning. Hey, if you want to get in touch with us, hook us up on Twitter. We want to hear from you. Do you think uh, the Rainbow Nation is a farce? Yes or no? And why and or why not? Uh, you can tweet us at, at @rorisang. Uh, Shabalala or at Yebo underscore Levy. Those are the details. We'll take some of those tweets a little bit later on in the show. But hey, let's start it out like this. I think like it's about to get really intense in South Africa. The whole system is very, very anti-poor and very, very anti-black. I think white people need to A, take an L and say, okay, we screwed up and we can't always be the father figure. Success for a white kid is not like a great victory. Success for a white kid is destined. It's not so much about engaging in conversation, it's more about listening. If you're uncomfortable with me being a black person, then yeah, you know you're in the wrong country. I don't believe in the Rainbow Nation. The Rainbow Nation to me is a fallacy because it does not exist. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. That is pretty radical. That is pretty radical. Lebohang Ratsitabe. Good morning. What's up? How you doing, man? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm so good. I'm so good. You know, you're the most stylish guy that I've met, eh? For <laughs> real, like every time I see you, you've got some stylish thing going on. I actually mistook you for David Clyde the other day because you look so stylish, man. Especially that beanie. I love that beanie. <laughs> well, good thing we're here to talk about the film, right? <laughs> no, uh, you know, I was about to say to you, like, what do, you do all black people look the same? David Tlaile, of all people. 
<laughs> What's wrong with David? Is that the one fashion? One is, is that the one black fashion the designer black you know? Guy I know. Exactly. He's the only black guy. What are you talking about? Uh, we're talking about is the Rainbow Nation a farce here? And frankly speaking, Lebochang, uh, what made you decide to come up with this concept of doing this docky? Um, actually, it was MTV that came up to me, and they were just like, uh, um, "We want to give a young film a filmmaker a platform." to make a, a film that is reflective of the times in a way in which it looks at the most recent topical things. Um, mm-hmm. In fact, initially they said we want to make a documentary about race. I was like, that is like a terrible idea <laughs> <laughs> because how do you make a film about race? You know, mm. it's like, you can't make that film, but you can make something that deals with um, issues of power in society. And mm-hmm. I think that that's what the film is about. And that's what, the moment I realized that, that's when it became interesting to me that it's not specifically about race because how do you, I mean, yeah, it's like, you know, race was something that was constructed a long time ago. Mm-hmm. You know, it's as old as time. Mm-hmm. So you don't, it's like, how would you even begin to make that film? But if you want to talk about power, power is something that is continually, um, you know, like reorganizing itself, reshaping itself, um, becoming more or less insidious you know at other times it's like really heightened you know if you look at somewhere like america you know black lives matter speaks to um power that's being exercised at a very brute kind of level that's like more directly like white cops are killing black kids because certain ways of like an appearance has been criminalized Mm -hmm. so that's that's like a really extreme form of power but then you kind of move around the world and you realize that maybe it's not so crudely articulated in different parts of the world, but you come to a place like South Africa and, you know, we talk about the rainbow nation and then you're like, okay, well then if we accept the, the, the philosophy of the rainbow nation, then we should be living in a certain type of society and the reality is that we're not. And I think that that's kind of where the film kind of takes shape. Lebo, just uh, take us back to this idea of the rainbow nation, its origins, and and so you've you've set the film against this concept of the rainbow nation. What what is this thing called the rainbow nation? Many of us hear it, but we don't know what it actually means. Funnily enough, I did a lot of research on what the rainbow nation is, mm. and it became popular in 1994, but it has been around since like the ni- early 1900s. Mm. So if you read about the idea of the rainbow nation, it's something that was established like during the days when the first settlers arrived on the continent. And they looked and there was all these different people of color living in the same space. Mm. That is kind of, it's like the, it's earliest articulations was based on like the Hottentots and the, and you know, when the, uh, the Europeans came with the slaves mm. and you know, that, that present, like there were people from Cape Malay, there were people from all different parts of the world that came down mm. in, 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 in the great kind of whatever, you know? Mm. So, so its inception wasn't in 94, but it, it certainly took on a different meaning in 94. Right? Exactly. Mm. Because in 94, the, 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 the version of the Rainbow Nation that we live with is, is based on equality. So back then, it wasn't really based on equality. It just spoke to lots of different people living diversity, together. Mm. Yeah, diversity, exactly. Mm. But now it's like, okay, we all live as diverse as we are. And you have... You can move freely as a black person, as a white person, as a woman, as a man, as a disabled person, as all these different things without any of those things that I mentioned about forms of power separating you. Mm. That is the kind of the ideal of the Rambo Nation. 
Go for it. I'm, I'm, I've got so many questions for this guy. I don't know where to start. Yeah. So then, uh, tell us about the film. So, so against this backdrop of this Rainbow Nation, uh, you come up with this film called, uh, you know, the People versus the Rainbow Nation. So, describe where the people are and where the Rainbow Nation is, and why then you create this uh, versus uh, setup. Mm. I mean, okay, so if. If maybe we were to look at the metaphor of a court case, which is the idea of, you know, something being uh, brought to task, right? Um, and it was tricky because the the team was like, well, in a court case, if it's the people versus, you know, it was Tabo, um, you know, it was the, the state versus uh, Nelson Mandela and, and the Rivonia trial, uh, you know, that, 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 that type of language, you hear both sides of the, of the argument, right? Yeah. So that was a, the biggest challenge that we had was like, you don't really hear the other side, the other right? Side, yeah. You hear one side and well, you only me, hear the side of the people. Let me interject there. So who would be on the side of the Rainbow Nation then? Um, the people that would be on the side of the Rainbow Nation are the people that benefit from the myth of the Rainbow Nation. Mm. Are those white people? Can we just stipulate it? Because <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a it's a it's a, are, no no no. It's not, a valid it's, question. It's not exclusively, it's it's not exclusively white people. Because there's also black people that benefit from the myth of the rainbow nation. There's also a whole bunch of. It's not an exclusively white thing. Mm. Uh, you know, there's there is people within the ANC, uh, people that are in power, people that are. You know, there's a lot of people that love the idea of the rainbow nation. And also, to be clear, I also love the ideals of the rainbow nation. I want to live in a rainbow nation society, mm. but I'm under no misconception that we're already living in it. Level, let's just, we need to just paint a picture. What are these ideals of a rainbow nation? So, so that we understand what we're talking about. So, you speak about rainbow nation as a term existing since the 1900s. 1994, it took on a new meaning. What is that meaning, if you were to summarize it? Um, the way I best understand it, uh, without being some kind of spokesperson <laughs> for Desmond Tutu, is that. <laughs> It's it's a society in which all people are equal, mm. regardless of race, gender, class. Um, yeah, so think think about the principles of equality. Mm. That you don't get paid more because you're a man. You don't get paid more because you're white. You don't mm. get paid more because you're disabled. I mean, able-bodied. Mm. All of these people, you know, is yeah. So equality and diversity, which then speaks to uh, the motto of the country. Exactly. Mm. I mean, different. All these colors. Mm. That like live in kind of uh, some kind of like harmonious, harmonious kind of, you know? Yeah. But isn't state. that the problem? Isn't the rainbow the problem, Randrew? Is that these colors are, don't live, they live side by side in perfect harmony. Ebony and ivory. Uh, are you about to break under song? Because I, I would like to cut this show short <laughs> if that's the case. <laughs> and ivory. No, guys, 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 please, please. I'm telling your mics. That's horrible. That is horrible right there. <laughs> but isn't that the problem is that we, 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 we've never really transitioned from living because we lived together. It wasn't harmonious, but it was. We were living side by side. Um, and we haven't gotten to that point where there's this integration. Isn't that the problem? You know, just sorry to interject there because I know you, you're asking this question to level, but I like to put my, you know, yeah, six cents on the, on the, the table here. Um, you mentioned equality and it, it gave me this visualization of, of some kind of a scale mm. where there were people who weren't equal beforehand. And mm. if they weren't equal beforehand, it means that you have to lift them up a little bit higher than Afterwards to get mm. that equilibrium If you know what I mean mm. if, if you can see it in your mind you, You've got mm. an unequal scale You need to lift it higher mm. than 
to, to, to find that equilibrium. Mm. And um, certain people were pushed higher, but um, everyone else kind of wasn't at all. Mm. Um, is that, you know, when we talk about this like rainbow nation, we actually don't mean equal, do we? Because we need to get to the space where we're pulling and pushing a whole bunch of people who happen to be disadvantaged beforehand, which is, you know, the black nation. The question here. is towards what? We're pulling them towards what? To Higher, to upper, e- upper. Yeah, but towards what? To equality. To equality, exactly, yes. So, let me not speak for you, level. Mm. I, I think that Andrew nailed it. Yeah. I think that... It was one of the principles of the Rainbow Nation to undo an unjust system, mm. which if, if, we, if we're talking about the film, looks at the ways in which that unjust system was not undone. Mm. And, that, and that's where the court case uh, begins, is that, that's the, that that's, we, that's we've the, just gone through describing the ideals yeah. that we need to be in a society where all are equal, where all are... Uh, where there's this equalizing and, and uh, uh, arriving at an equilibrium state. And so the people then decide to bring a case against uh, the, those that are upholding the Rainbow Nation. Mm-hmm. What is the premise of this case? Um, so there is uh, power, privilege. What is the first? What is the first? Um, so you have power, power, politics, and privilege is the first chapter. It's kind of the, what would be the first chapter in the film. It's called power, politics, and privilege, and that's kind of the point at which you have all these different academics. But before you even get to that, and this is something that the film tried to do, because a lot of the ways in which these things are spoken about is um, somewhat like uh, it's like academic and cerebral and kind of inaccessible. So we try to, in, 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 in unpacking the ideals of what the remuneration is and isn't, it's like structural inequalities, uh, systemic oppression. What are those things, right? Mm. So before you even get to explain them you have to show them and that's mm. like this idea that one girl Lungelo in the film wakes up in Soweto at 5am to get to class by 8am and she has to use like three, two, or two different modes of transport to get there and in the route that she takes so many things happen to her she's like subject to sexual violence cat calls, and cat calls yeah. exactly right mm. and then there's another girl who lives at UCT and her route is only five minutes because she lives on campus then there's another girl who's got a car and she can drive there. So showing the structural inequalities, mm. which are a manifestation of not, yeah, not undoing an unjust system. Do you mm. know what I'm saying? The mm. fact that there's mm. still like thousands, hundreds of thousands of people that live in Soweto is still, you know, part and parcel of the legacy of apartheid. You mm. know Two million. But then listening to, to, to uh, the president, uh, Jacob Zuma, yesterday in parliament, uh, in answering some of the questions, he kept saying that uh, you need to understand, don't take these things in isolation. Mm-hmm. Um, all of these things, so I think one of the parliamentarians asked him the question around, do you see what's happening in Vuwani and the burning of schools and so on as a response by the people to the fact that government is not listening to them? Mm. And he said it's not because government is not listening to the people. It's because uh, we have this historical legacy uh, that we're working through and and people are just uh, – the more we do for others, the, the ones that we haven't arrived at yet think, you know, when do you get to us and they grow impatient. So is that – so so telling that story of the, the, the girl that wakes up in Soweto at 5 a.m., uh, what do you say to those people that say, yeah, but that is – we're in the process of equalizing? Uh, we are, but the point is that we could be further along. Are we, though? 
I mean, let's 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 really look, interrogate. Look, that. look, 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 look. Are we? Twenty-two years, look twenty-two here. years, and here's. Look, <laughs> let me tell you. Let me tell you. <laughs> now, here's the point, right? Is that uh, obviously it's not going to take twenty-two years of democracy to undo four hundred plus years of mm. systemic oppression. Sure, it's not going to. It's not. It's, that's you can't even begin to. It's not. It's in. You can't equate them, right? Exactly. Right. But there is still the argument that could we be further. And that's when, so, so it's two, it's two arguments that people conflate into one, depending on which side of the scale there are, right? There are people that will say, it's been 400 years, you can't fix it in 22 years. And that is true, mm-hmm. right? And then there's another side where it's like, it's been 22 years, we could be further along. Mm-hmm. And there are people that, who will, the extreme of that is that we could have fixed everything. Mm-hmm. You can't keep blaming our past. Yes, mm-hmm. we can. Mm-hmm. We can blame our past and we can also blame the incumbent government for not having taken us a bit further in the 22 years. Okay. But to say proportionately where the blame lies, mm. I don't know. <laughs> I, against, against which metric do we decide that we could be further? You know, we, we've uh, never had a democratic yeah. uh, uh, government before. This is the first time we have a democratic government. So what are we measuring this thing that we could be further? But against? don't you think the metric is that, and, and this is, Maybe a little bit of the problem, you know. A lot of people say, "No, Nelson Mandela was a sellout back in the day," and we've done a show on that uh, previously. Um, and relativity is really important. But don't you think that part of the issue is that a lot of people were sold dreams in 1994? Democracy had come, and now everything was going to change in their life. Mm. So I was uneducated. I was living in, you know, either in a rural space, or in a Bantustan, or in a township, and. You know, these people who have now made democracy happen have gone, hey, let's, um, you know, things are going to change here. We're going to get you free education. We're going to get you a free house. We're going to. So the expectation now is set there. And, you know, as you guys have mentioned, you can't undo 400 years in a matter of months, a matter of years. So that expectation was probably a little bit inflated mm. um, because of the excitement of democracy mm. and freedom. But the economic freedom was never going to be a quick fix. Mm. And and so now you've got an expectation. And as you've seen with many things, when you have an expectation and then suddenly you don't reach that expectation, it's a problem, right? Mm. But it, it still speaks then to the metric. So so what is the metric? We made promises, yes, and they're still being fulfilled even today. Mm. Um, so I'm just curious. And I don't know, the people that you interviewed in the documentary level, uh, what, what did you get a sense? What was the metric against which they're saying we haven't moved fast enough? Because the argument about 400 years is in that 400 years, I'm not justifying it, but the resources that they had to, to, to oppress us were also far less sophisticated. We've got a lot more sophisticated resources that allow us to do a lot more in a year than could be done in over 20 years, right? Look at what technology is in our cell phones, for example, uh, versus the tech where this technology resided it resided in lots and lots of rooms mm. so so we also have the capability so then the question is so what is this metric then and 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 this 400 years thing is also for me like yeah but we could actually do in 20 so you are saying that because so you're saying that because of the advances that have made in the last 20 years this we can't do it year to year, obviously, right? And no, that's no, and yeah. that's fine. And yeah. I'm, and I'm and I'm and I'm kind of I dig that analogy and I dig that that insight. Mm. Um, to speak more specifically to your question about what the metric is, I, as I always struggle with the idea of enough. 
mm. right? Because mm. it's so subjective. Mm. It's so subjective. Yeah. And, to, and to speak on behalf of other people yeah. on what enough is. Some people would be like a house would have been enough. Some people would be like free education would have been enough. Some people would have just been like, I don't want to be called, you know, names would have been just enough. Mm. Or, you know what I mean? Respected dignity. Yeah. Yeah. I, just want to, I just want to move freely as, 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 a, as, a, as, a, as a black man in a black body and move in t- and walk into a space and not be disregarded or not be politicized or not be genderized or you know what I'm saying? Mm. That would have been enough. Mm. But there are still lots of incidents daily that happen that prove that even those little things that would have been enough still haven't happened, really. And on that basis, is the Rainbow Nation then a pipe dream? Because even in, in far more advanced societies, the U.S. is, is an example of, of one that has been further along this, this path of the liberation of black people than, than we are, uh, for argument's sake. Uh, we're, not, we're still seeing these incidents. So then does that present the Rainbow Nation idea as a fallacy? Uh, let's define fallacy first let's agree on what fallacy means <laughs> so, so 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 the young lady the young lady I like this i like the way this is going the yeah. young lady in the movie who says the rainbow nation is a fallacy. a fallacy what was your understanding of that uh something that isn't true or something that is believed to be true but isn't yeah there we go something that is believed to be true but isn't do yeah. we accept that definition of what a fallacy yeah, is yeah sure let's go with what <laughs> I mean, like, no. we're not the Oxford Dictionary <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, like, yeah, we're yeah, going to yeah. do whatever we like yeah. <laughs> like yeah that's what I said yeah, that's what, that's he what, said. what that's I what said. said you heard <laughs> me I stutter <laughs> I ain't scared of you <laughs> um, yeah you know it's, 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 a, it's an interesting thing being a filmmaker because um, you make a film, you put a statement in the film, and the film is making a bigger point, right? Mm. And you are held to that point, mm. you know? So, a lo- and, and, that's the, and that's the biggest challenge is that when you make a film, you constantly have to be saying, is, can, do I stand behind this? Am I down with this? Mm. Do I agree with this? And in principle, I, wouldn't, I guess I wouldn't have put anything in the film that I don't agree with. Mm. I mean, that, was, that is what makes the film... That's what finishes the film. It's like everything everybody says in principle you're done with. And yeah, I'm like, yeah. So if she says that the, f- the Rainbow Nation is a fallacy, which by the definition we put on the table is that something that is believed to be true but isn't, then yeah, I totally agree with her. It's, um, I mean, the, the story is, is fascinating. If you've just joined us, welcome to the show. It's frankly speaking, nine till ten o'clock. Uh, we've got, uh, the brilliant filmmaker, Lebo Khangrasatava in studio, The People versus the Rainbow Nation. If you haven't checked it out, it is online. It is free online. That's what I love about it. It's free. Yeah. We push so hard for that. We're just like, yo, man, the people. You can't make a film called The People vs. The Rainbow Nation <laughs> and, then and, then, and then make it exclusive, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? So it is free. You can check it out. Just uh, search it on Google and, and you will find it. We'll also put some links uh, on Twitter in just a little bit. Um, hang out. And, and one of the fascinating... Rory, I didn't even tell you where we met, Lebo and I met. Mm. So I've been following this guy around just the streets of Josie, you know, because he's a bit of a celebrity and whatever. Yeah. And, and no, I'm joking. Um, we, we actually met at the Fismas 4 in... Uh, at the Union Buildings. Oh, we when were, they threw rocks at you? You see the... Exactly. Oh. <laughs> they threw rocks at me. Yeah. The problem... And, and Lebo was hiding behind me. He was like, I'll never throw rocks at the white guy. And then they threw rocks at the white guy. And then they threw rocks at the white guy. 
<laughs> no, um, but you know, it's funny because Rory's actually from Pretoria level. So we should have phoned Rory and said, where the hell are we going? Because we actually got lost on a, on a bus. To nowhere We were I like So excited I about Finding this disgusting thing. That you guys get lost to The union buildings guys Like <laughs> We were asking him Where are the union buildings Anyway I saw this guy Lebo He's got a camera I'm like I know that guy That guy's Lebo Like what the hell And 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 a large part of your film, and the reason I'm bringing this all up, is a large part of your film was based around the kind of fees must fall, the roads must fall movements. Mm. Um, did that give you kind of the motion in which you were like, okay, yeah, I'm, I know where I'm going with this now, you know, like I really, I can, I can see how this, this, this documentary is going to come together. Um, the, the so what a backdrop, right? I mean, yeah. what a backdrop. Yeah, texturally. Uh, um, but I guess more importantly, you know, it is uh, a sign of the times. And as a filmmaker, my primary understanding, my primary function as a filmmaker is to be someone that's like some kind of like ambassador for the times, right? Mm -hmm. So when people look back on this time, they'll be like, what did, it, what, what did that actually look like from a cinematic lens? And that's what, what I, I, I try to apply. So it wasn't really telling people what fees must fall was. They knew what it was. They knew what Rose must fall was. Everybody had read both arguments. Mm -hmm. People knew what, what we're talking about, you know, uh, what the students were talking about. But I think um, it was really an honor to use that as a canvas um, to really try paint a picture of what it means to be South African because, as we all know, fees must fall, Rose must fall aren't really about fees must fall, right? This is something that we heard a lot about. People were saying it's not just about fees. So, at a point in time in history, there was a movement that was organized around students that wasn't about the thing that they were really marching about. Yes, on, on, on a, at a very, very um, fundamental level, we are speaking about people who can't afford to get into universities. But we're speaking about systemic oppression. We're speaking about structural inequalities. Mm -hmm. We're speaking about gender violence. And those things that those aren't things that are exclusive to students. All of a sudden, all of these issues now are being articulated through this one movement, but it's, you know, it's branching out into every problem in our society, all of them. Lavo, uh, when we look at what's happening in Fuwane now, uh, what was the number of schools that have 64 been burnt? Have now been burnt. 64 schools that have been burnt. Uh, UJ, there's been a big fire. Um, the auditorium, uh, study centers and so on have burned down. Um, when we were growing up, there was a song we used to sing, uh, I don't mm. know if you, if you, mm. if you know that uh, thing, you want to yeah. sing it with me? Let's go. Yeah. Oh my no, word. No, no, no. Okay. No, no, sing, sing. I just, I got the levels right. I got the levels right. I just go for it now. You, you know? know, you know, you know? and yeah. so now is that an indicator that we still see these things as Dilozama Khoa? And and so we burn them because so so just to to bring Andrew in here. So Thank it, you. It was, called, it was called it was right? Which is uh, break it. It's not yours. It's a white person's, right? You might as well sing it, guys. And, uh, I just feel like you're there. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I can look at you guys looking at each I'm other not, like <laughs> I'm not singing. You, eh? No, no. Let's let's, let's do it. Let's not sing. Let's not sing. Let's not sing. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so 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 what you see? What you see in Vuan? What you see, UJ? Uh, does that is that still just that you know this is not ours we 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 still haven't taken ownership of this thing and so we the people uh against this rainbow nation still feel that this rainbow nation is not ours and therefore we will burn this thing down because it doesn't represent anything that we hold as an ideal mm. it's interesting i mean i don't think that uh yeah i don't think I, i've i've never been in a position where i've ne i've needed to burn something uh so I can never really quite comfortably speculate on what it feels like when 
your only option left is to burn something to be heard. I mm. can't really speak to that with any kind of like certainty. Mm. Um, but something that is said in the film is the idea that it re- it's a symbol of oppression. Mm. It's a symbol of exclusion. Mm. This place that we see as 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 the, the very thing. Yeah. The very th- it's a catch twenty two of the rainbow nation. One of the many catch twenty twos. The very thing that is going to give you a hope, chance, yeah. hope is also the thing that is systemically designed to disenfranchise you because of the way, the rules of that place. Mm. You know, the language you have to speak, the mm. money you have to have, mm. things that are historically kind of reserved for still, you know, a few people. A few people yeah. I think what's, what's, what's we've added, and this, is, and, this is, and this is where the debate gets interesting because you'll obviously have, the, but there's so many, you know, what about the, there's, there's nothing better in this argument than the idea of the bourgeoisie, the black bourgeoisie, right? What about the emerging black middle class mm. and the many black people that have benefited from these institutions? Like me and you sitting here in this room, we've benefited from this, the systems of oppression. Yet we still look at them and go, yeah, man, I don't know. That's, that's still a symbol of oppression. And then it's just like, yeah, but... You can't say that, Rory. You level. I, mm. I can't. I can't say that. That's a system mm. of oppression because mm. I talk like this, and mm. I and I'm able to, you know. But then it goes to the flip side of the argument. It's just like, well, what other chance do you have? It's either you benefit from this, you beat the system from the inside, you go in, you integrate, and then through that you bring other people up with you, or you burn it. And that's the rub, isn't it? Is that you and I wouldn't be sitting here in front of these speakers if we hadn't gone through the system? But this very system has now taught us. Um, to look at the world through a lens where, yes, we have to reprimand ourselves every now and then, but mm. even we look down on our people in various ways and then reprimand ourselves about it because the system that has allowed us to get here is also a system that also inculcated these thoughts that we might, that elements of ourselves are less than. We have to be appreciative. That's the thing, right? It's like mm. you have to appreciate the system that like allowed you to transgress. Yes. It's like you are here. How dare you? How dare you? How exactly. dare you be? How, I've had, yeah. I've had, <laughs> how dare, how dare you, Rory? <laughs> <laughs> you guys, you guys follow the bourgeoisie. Yeah. Look at how dare you people. Look at you. You're in a suit. You're in like some, some, no. some, something from outer space. I like, can you see, bourgeoisie I people. Can, I, can, I can see the picture in his mind of the person that's busy saying, how dare you. That's uh, the problem. Uh, what, what's that picture there? What is that picture there? <laughs> In his head, but I can I can see what's happening in his mind, right? Because we've all had our I dare you moments, right? Mm. Um, after everything I've done, <laughs> after everything after I've <laughs> ever given you, ever in the world, how are you gonna come out to agree with us? We had that. We had that just a, a, a few shows ago, right? So, so, so I came and I just, I just like basically turned things upside down and like. Mm. And and we had a lot of people. I'm like, oh my goodness! <laughs> Sorry. How dare you, Gareth? What what's Rory doing on this thing? Oh my goodness! You know, it's it it was it was it's that. I love that accent. And maybe and, and this is and this is then what's the rub? I I think or part of the rub of the people versus the rainbow nation is that it's this constant conflict, not just with an external uh, an external uh, factor, but it's also an internal battle with yourself. That, that, that manifests itself in the burning. What, what we see in the burning of buildings is also, also tends to be a burning inside of, of, of just this internal conflict because the system that you're opposed to is, has now become a part of you as well and you're trying to expel it, uh, uh, from you. Um, 
and try and recreate the system externally as well. It, it's uh, is that is that the sense? So I know you can't speak on you like you. You've got your wokeness on on lockdown, right? You like I cannot speak on behalf of the people and all of that. Like that, that's brilliant. But but, <laughs> but 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 in your your own opinion, looking at what you saw during the film, was that the sense that you got that what we're looking at here is both an external but also an internal conflict of the people. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's a very difficult thing to navigate constantly, you know, being um, on either side, you know, in ways in which your proximity to whiteness and your, is something that granted you access, you know, and... I guess the thing that people spoke about, didn't even make into film, dude, there was so much content. There was mm. like, there was like five films in that film mm. is at what cost, you know, at what cost do we speak like this or at what cost did, you know, you had to go to the school that you had to go to and succeed in the way that you did. It wasn't like, <laughs> how do you know that he's part of the bourgeoisie? <laughs> Uh, you're talking like it's we, you know. <laughs> maybe it's just no, you. Maybe it's just me. <laughs> no, me and me, I'm totally me, and, me and the other guys I went to high school with and varsity with. <laughs> and people that I see that I judge that I'm just like, you are so far gone. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because yeah, there's the yeah. stratification. There's that you create some kind of even within yourselves. But like, I'm interested in this whole thing level. Just you're raising a whole bunch of points. And if you've just joined us, welcome to the show. I know we're, we're deep in conversation here. Uh, I don't want to break it too many times, but we're talking about is the Raymond Nation a fallacy? Our guest today, this morning. I'm interested in this idea. You know, you spoke about whiteness and our proximity to whiteness. Is it proximity to white people who carry an attitude of whiteness? Are there people, in your mind, and I, I'm asking for your opinion specifically, are there people, are all whites just carrying a whole bunch of whiteness? And there's no like real woke whites, but we just don't want to say it. <laughs> like, I mean, is that the feeling, you know? What do you think? No, I, I'm I'm the interviewer here. I'm not the one who's on, on trial here. No, I'm the interviewer. No, Andrew. What do you oh, think? Oh, now Rory, yeah. are you ganging up here? What's no, no, here? no. I, again, again, you, I, I can't, I can't speak on behalf of. Oh, no, I'm interested in you. In your opinion, tell tell me what you think. I mean, but I mean, maybe you tell me what you understand when people. There's a lot of talk about like whiteness and mm. whatever. What do you understand by that? Like, and how do you think that as someone that carries that structural form of power just through your you I mean you know people are like people are like yeah I was born like this I don't ask for this yes yes yes, you know? yes. yeah your white character your, from Fuller is just yeah I didn't, killed me killed yeah, me she, man. Kills, she kills everybody kill me man wow <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> is that how we see, is that how we're seen oh my no, god no, 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 no. <laughs> but 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 uh, yeah I guess I've never had I've never had the opportunity to find out what it means or feels like i mean i've read it online because it's now the time to you know dismantle all of that stuff mm. as a white person through social media and yeah. it's a powerful tool but i don't what does it feel like i can tell you what it feels like to be a black person living in south africa every day but when you speak of white whiteness that's your thing what does that feel like <sighs> So I can't speak on behalf of white people. But it's true. It's true. But I think I, um, I'll be honest with you. I've battled with it for a number of years now as to what it means to be white in South Africa. And up until last year, I was very much like, I'm not one of those people. You know, I'm not that guy. 
you know, like, yes, there are those white people, but I'm not one of them, you yeah. know. You speak and, like Zulu and Sotho you know, I'm and trying, I'm trying, you're you know. You're the, you're the pariah. You're the <laughs> that's, you know, that's what I thought. And it was funny, I met this, like, um, really hectic activist from the States, this white guy who's based in Baltimore and, like, had a huge, huge um, activist history. And I was speaking to him and I was like, you know, like, this is how I feel. I don't feel like I want to be in this white skin. I, and that's so weird to say, like, mm. how can you be outside of your white skin, you know? Mm. And he said, no, 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 you, there's your problem right there. You, you have to own being white because you are white. Mm. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it was a really, it was, it was a woken moment for me because it's very easy for someone like me who thinks he's woke to be like, yeah, well, let me tell you how it really is. Okay. Mm. Like I'm, a better white than other white people. So I'm going to tell you what you're doing right and wrong. And that's absolute bullshit, right? Like I'm doing things wrong every day. Yeah. I, I don't believe that racism is a yes, no answer. You are racist or you are not racist. Uh, racism is a spectrum and it's based on societal norms. So we are all on that spectrum, including myself. Um, as I said last week to Rory, like I was one of those guys that was like, no, 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 I have nothing against black women. I mean, Beyonce, she's so hot, right? This is when I'm a, like a little teenager. Uh, but, but I'm just not attracted to, to black women or I'm not attracted to brown eyes or, and that's just bullshit. That's yeah. just like, I'm, I've been socially trained to think that black people are a certain way. Yeah. And now it's about unlearning that training and it's a long, it will be a lifetime process yeah, and I yeah. probably won't get it right. Yeah. So, so, I think that South Africa, we talk about whiteness because we're just trying to be nice. You know mm. what I mean? I think whites and whiteness are the same thing. Mm. And they're on a level, they're on a scale. They're just on a scale of, of things. I don't know. That's just me. Mm. And I don't know if that answers your question or not, but that's, that's definitely how I feel. Mm. Rory, what do you think? You've been very quiet there. You've been very quiet. No, this, this is a new me, you know. I, I let everything out. Oh, this is a new you from two weeks ago. Okay. <laughs> I did not know we're allowed to bring new me. I'm also working on a new me. Oh, no. Our role in therapy. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. So, um, so, so I, I get this idea of, of, of proximity to whiteness and so on. But, uh, you know, I, I still think there is... Levo at the beginning mentioned this thing that the, the Rainbow Nation and those that... that, that that uh, underpin its existence, its continued existence as a fallacy are beyond just black, are beyond just white people. It's black people and so on. So the question is, when we begin to frame it as whiteness, do we then uh, exclude all these other elements and do we allow ourselves, uh, lull ourselves into a false comfort of saying, if we can get rid of whiteness, we're done. Mm. Whereas, you know, the, the, the thing that underpins whiteness and the negativity behind whiteness can be transferred is a transferable disease in a way, right? And we're seeing it transferred into black people. Do you think it's an attitude so rather than a, a color of skin? I, I don't know. I think an attitude just feels too shallow. Mm. Um, there's something just much deeper that, that, that needs to be dealt with. And, and I think the question is that what is that thing? Uh, level. In the documentary, the people that you interviewed, do you think they came close to articulating uh, what this thing is? Um, the best, there's a professor from, from Wurz who goes, it's the way in which society was formed and the people whose image it was formed in as far as social graces go. So the idea that the world operates for your comfort, and I'm literally quoting directly from the film, mm. um, from... Melissa Stain, Professor Melissa Stain. The idea that the world operates for your comfort, uh, socially, security, financially, 
and that this is the proper way things should be is the condition. It's a condition. She describes it as a condition of like the condition of whiteness, mm. which is this, it's, it's a belief system. Yeah. You're, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's not, uh, it's, it's not, it's, uh, no, it's not, it's not a skin color. It's, it's, a it's an, in, it's a certain, it's a certain entitlement. Mm. And to speak to the point that you just raised, is it transferable? There are people that now would believe and, as far as the 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 the, the rainbow nation and, and 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 the fallacy, there is a role that whiteness plays in in it, and there is a role in which, you know, uh, again, it's a power thing. Mm. So the people that are in power right now, the people that are in positions of power, have done their bit to 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 make us to make it clear that we don't live in a rainbow nation because the way in which money is spent in South Africa. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm, mm. The way money is spent in South Africa, but particularly in 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 um, I'm talking about the the sm- very small black middle class. You know, mm. I mean, you see that stuff, yeah, and it yeah, hurts yeah. when you see like, and it's funny, yeah, for the, for a little while. But then you think about the the deep hurt when you see on Instagram a receipt from a club when people spend like 180 thousand rand on alcohol, yeah, or you see, and 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 these are the little ones. I'm not even talking about the the the, the stuff that's happening. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Governance. Yeah. Governance, fam. How money is spent. Mm. We still, I still don't know. I'm not, we're not good with money yet. Mm. We're not good with money. Who's we? Just so I think, I think to be clear, um, I think as, 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 as the black middle class, we still haven't organized well enough. The small 1% that are in positions of power, we're not organized well enough to, I mean, this thing with the waitress. In 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 in, in Cape Town. Cafe, don't get us No, no, no. I just two yeah. shows ago oh. started and finished. It. <laughs> it's just it's just, it's 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 indicative of why how in the ways in which white people understand power what, and money. Yeah, mm. raise money for an upset waitress. Mm. No mm. one, no. We should have we should have been like, okay, you guys are gonna raise money for We're your girl. We're gonna ma- yeah. yeah, exactly. And that is a fundamental understanding of the. Of, of money and how money can work and how it can empower. Because ultimately it was a power play. It, it wasn't about the waitress, right? No. It, it became a power play and became a, a certain sect of the, of, of society saying, we're going to show you what we can do with it. Yeah, just muscling a little if bit. If you dare yes. mess with, un, with one of ours, yes. we'll show you how we can organize through money. Exactly. To elevate the plight of one of ours. I want to come back to Professor Melissa Stain. Um, the, the Mail and Guardian says, to use the old cliche, the people versus the rainbow nation is a roller coaster ride. But instead of pulling you in from the brink, it is one that you are safely observing as a spectator from the outside. You will not be moved to tears in the way that Leicester might move you. Now, you look at uh, Professor... You gonna, you, you're going to quote Quanelli on this. You see, this guy's clever. I'm out of here. He's clever. He's clever. He's clever. We need to understand, what's the, we need to understand the, the backstory Why'd here. Why did you do that? You Why killed our guest. No, 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 but don't do that. No, but don't you see, do that. Look at you. 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 Shame on you. Don't do that. No. You mustn't do that. No, no, no. But here's the thing. That's not the point that I'm making. Is When you look at when you look at the documentary and and Professor Melissa Stane, you say, she knows, she she gets this mm. stuff, right? Mm. And then I read this and I'm saying, but does she get it from the point of view of being a spectator or does she feel it? 
you know and it she comes could, back to this yeah. idea of whiteness mm. again is that mm. yes a lot of people i mean even steve biko lamented they a lot of you see the stuff but do you feel it mm. um how where did you get uh, professor melissa stain and um uh, how did it? You know, how what was your sense of? Because honestly, I was the, the one standout in the mo- in the documentary was Professor Melissa Stone and, and, and how and how well she articulated mm. these things. And I was like, wow, okay. Mm. Um, so those, so I, I went through. Okay, so I'm going to answer the. So I'm going to answer. Okay, let me answer both questions. The first question is, can she ever know? No, she'll never know, mm. and neither does she claim to ever know, mm. which is fine. Mm. Uh, to where did I find her? Um, through a series of pre-interviews that I had done with people in the film, and it poses a very interesting question uh, that is brought up as a criticism of the film, where you don't have enough people disagreeing. Okay, mm. so when we made the film, the 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 debate that we're having with MTV was that okay, cool, let's make it. Um, and, and not only with MTV, with my editor, with everybody, basically, and people that I respect who came to me with this criticism. What about, wouldn't it have been interesting to get like um, Steve Hofmeyer, uh, Afri Forum, people mm. that are, ambas- uh, you know, uh, that, that, that talk, that are kind of, what would you call them? Um, Against the narrative that's going on in yeah, this they, country. They're opposed to it. Yeah, they believe in the Rainbow Nation, right? They're like, it's been 22 years. We all have equal opportunity. Even beyond that, we as white people are getting discriminated. You know, we, and, and yeah. on that point, to be fair, they'd say, yeah, it's true. We agree with you. Yeah. And, you know, and, and, this, and that, isn't that just the weirdest thing? They would support you and say, yes, we're against this idea of Rainbow Nation. On the flip side. As an extreme, yeah. right? So then, so then they say. So then we have this this long, this long, long debate about how do we, what kind of a film do we make, right? Do we have a film which is a debate where you'd have the Afri Forum and the people that are for the Rainbow Nation, and then you'd have the people like Melissa. Then you'd have, I guess, what would be before, like Millie and whoever, and and the other people that are in the film that are against the Rainbow Nation, and set them up as a debate. But two things: one. I don't want to make that film, let alone watch that film, because I'm not interested in a film that will debate things. Because the film, if you think about what makes it so good, is not because it's a nice film to watch. It's important in the way in which it's going to equip young people with a lexicon of how to navigate all of these issues, right? Mm. If you had made a film that was the basis of it was a debate, People weren't going to learn anything. Confused. Exactly. And because of how power works, white people would have seen the film and be like, exactly. Yes. And then they wouldn't have heard anything else in the film. And again, that's not a very interesting film. You want, and if people say it's, it's a one-sided narrative, I'm like, that's fine. Create your own narrative. Yeah. Mm. I'm like, they're like, yeah, what about, what about the other voices? I'm like, they have so many platforms. Yeah. They have 400 years worth of platforms to voice, you know, Mm. give us this one thing. Give us just an hour where we can just state our case, our case as the yeah, people. Yeah. Why, even within this little thing that we have, which is just an one-hour documentary, would we now want to go set it up as a debate? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So to answer your question about where did Melissa and Kelly and the white people that are in the film, because I've got a lot of like, yeah, but those white people, what about? We want to, I was like, because people would love nothing more. There's, I think there's a lot of satisfaction. People in, love a train smash. And there's nothing that would make like more sensationalism than watching people, white people be shamed, white people be embarrassed. And I think that a lot of people wanted 
expected that from the film because I think there's a lot of satisfaction in like calling racist out on in, on 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 like mm. in the comment section, mm. proving people's like privilege or like people's blind sides. I think people get a lot of satisfaction in that, you know. And I don't know if I also was also interested in making a film that was going to be race baiting or anything like that. So. When you ask me where did those people come from, I said to Millie and Nova and Danielle and all the people that I pre-interviewed, I was like, okay, if there were white people in the film, who would you inter- who who? And then they gave me a list of people that would further the conversation. So even if you say, okay, this film is a predominantly black narrative, I'm like, no, because there are other white people that are also saying this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And as if you're a white person and you don't aren't haven't been conditioned a program to listen to black people here's one of yours yeah that will tell you the thing that we're saying yeah so then you're like well okay well then really how one-sided is it do you yeah. know what i'm saying well let's so the film doesn't just focus on race right so there's a part no. where there's a part where you're talking about this lesson this this education uh the education of the people watching the film uh where you've got a trans Actually, I can't. I can't even remember the the, the term. Sai, Sai, isn't it Sai? You can't, no, Tato, Tato, I, I can't Tato remember the, Yeah, I can't remember transgender. the transgender. Transgender, yeah, yeah. No, so she didn't use transgender. It's like oh, I'm a trans something. So, some, a Sai. Yeah, I'm telling you, it's a Sai. Trans. What is that? I don't know. That's what I wanted to know as well. Trans intersectional. A, yeah, trans. It was just like whoa. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And she's like, so I, I'm just, you know, I'm yeah. excluded in this and that and yeah. that and that and that. Like, yeah, that's one thing that we haven't spoken enough about. Yeah, so so. Yeah, so so what what is that? Explain that to me because I I was like, whoa, <laughs> like yeah. I'm still wrapping my head around black or white. Like, whoa, what are we? Yeah, people see. The, I mean, you look at like the patriarchy chapter. People are like, oh guy, come on, <laughs> we're shitting on whites. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. This movie's about <laughs> the Rainbow Nation. Why are you gonna bring so, us into it like this? Why are you doing so fucking much? Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly, exactly. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that you can't <laughs> you can't look at you can't look at things. Uh, as an incident so you can't look at racism as an incident right so you can't again we make the point in the film that you can't why are we surprised when Matt Tennyson or whatever his name and comes out and calls people names how are you surprised that a white supremacist capitalist environment breeds racist like how are you surprised that penny sparrows exist where's the surprise in that that's the one thing right so we don't so okay so let's go okay so as you said andrew earlier it's not an incident it's a spectrum Mm -hmm. right and we exist at different points in the spectrum right so it's a continuous present tense right that's rooted in like a deep historic like a deep dark history but we also then begin to realize that it's not just about a skin color then there's a gender that also has a power right and then there's also a sexual orientation that mm-hmm. has a power, right? So, like, as I said before, right at the beginning, right, I said a film about race isn't interesting, but a film about power mm-hmm. is interesting. Because race, you can then argue, well, racism, yeah, at a very crude level, is like blacks aren't allowed to walk on beaches. We don't live in that. But still, we're not talking about race. We're talking about power, mm-hmm. right? Vectors of power, articulations of power. Race is the most dominant one. Then there's another one that colludes, as Sukotlani talks about, they work together, right? You need the you need the white straight male and anything that can attach itself to this identity and the closest the next best thing is the black straight male. Mm. Right? So that's the next person that benefits from structural power. and how do you achieve that power? How did the black white man 
achieve his power, he had to subjugate the black people. So then, how does the black man achieve his power? He has to subjugate women. women. How's mm. you know? Mm. How do we? How do? How do you gain power in society? In that moment, was there a moment of reflection for you when you? Um, in, my God! <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> I mean that—that's it. Because yeah. that's the thing. Like I think that's I like, you know. Whoa. You asked me about the the whiteness and and the yeah. white thing. There it is. That so, moment of yeah. reflection that you have when is exactly like, what we're so going complicit. like white people. We and, white know, people are going through right now. Like, so complicit. <laughs> the problem. Exactly. The problem is that moment in the film happens towards the end of the film, if I remember correctly, right? Yeah. Like, so so it's almost like, you know, you enter this narrative. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> then it's like then she throws out that thing like whoa, <laughs> <laughs> like sure. but then. There's no one there to support me through it, right? Like, okay, so what do we do with it? And and yeah. and it started raising a lot of questions in my mind around, okay, so what do we do if women were to come here and say we are the majority in the country, which they are, and they said right, uh, the done. same way the same way black people are, are asking for a dress, on males the same, mm. and then this this conversation gets very interesting because black people we're very good at the conversation when it's black against white, and you know. Mm. Land and all of that, mm. but if women today were to say, "All right," and they that's are, it, and they it, are, yes, it. if if we were to take women seriously as they say, what they're saying now is like, let's 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 rebalance in an aggressive and revolutionary way. What do we say then? There's three males in this in the studio, mm. right? and they're like, you know, that's it. We have to say we have to say what we expect the white people to say. Exactly. <laughs> that moment of silence, just there, you know, like yeah. you're really hitting me with a white thing. Now you're hitting me with a male thing as well. No, you I lose on all of And a straight thing. Yeah, thing. you no, lose on all of them. And reverse And a receding hairline thing. I mean, I'm done. I'm done. Guys, we're running out of time here. And you're straight. I know. It's just wrong. It's just wrong here, guys. I can't win. We're running out of time here. Are you Jewish as well, by the way? Oh, please. Come on. What are you going to do that? We're going to do that. I'm just asking. Are you Jewish? Don't do that. Don't do that. Look at you. Look at you. We're running out of time. Have you guys and, and this 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 conversation could really go on for, for another another two hours um, I think uh, maybe there's gonna have to be a part two in this uh, maybe we'll put something in the show notes afterwards but I just want to ask both of you um, the rainbow nation it's a fallacy it has fallen what does South Africa look like I don't know man so I I, I think there's I don't think there's a simple answer to the question, is the Rainbow Nation a fallacy? In my mind, you know, the Rainbow Nation has achieved a lot. Mm. We are in transition. Mm. Um, but I think a, an earlier conversation is that, you know, right now we, we kind of, we're, we're under bad leadership. We're under bad management. Bad like CEO. The CEO, the CEO <laughs> exactly. The CEO of South we've Africa. Got a, we've got a problem with the CEO, right? <laughs> a real and, uh, problem with the CEO, yeah. And a few of his deputies and so on, right? Yeah. But, but, but the, the, the overriding narrative the legitimacy of it and 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 the aspiration so when those words were uttered i don't think they were uttered mm. as 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 something to mislead us that mm. aspiration still continues to exist mm. we need to get our management right that's that's my sense i, I think it's it, it's not a fallacy but in many ways it is a fallacy but don't you have an external force that that's also like battling on on the management, you know, it's almost like you're a what's what's a transnet? It's a half government, half a parastatal. Yeah, so you've got the CEO in, in leadership, and he's got a problem with his management style and his managers. But then you've got the 
the parasite. You've got government as as and they're the white people that are coming in with their demands as well. Oh. Isn't that the big issue? I was trying to do that, but it yeah, didn't really work out work. so well. Yeah, like, you lost. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. Like, no, but uh, look, I, I get it. So you're saying that there's an external. So you, we've got this leadership problem, and then coupled with that, you've got white people. Or a white power structure. You've got a legacy that so, still continues today, really. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, that's true. But uh, then, but the question is, does the Rainbow Nation, that, does that make the Rainbow Nation a fallacy? I don't think in its articulation it's a fallacy, but no. I think in the way that we, we do things on a daily basis, uh, we're acting in a fallacious way. Hmm. Level? Yeah. Uh, what that guy said. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's true. It's so true. It's we're dealing with two problems that often get made into the same problem. We're dealing with a bad governance, and we're dealing with structural. A system of power that hasn't been undone. That is beautiful because it's vice versa as well, isn't it? Mm. It's interesting because, you know, like some people, some sects of of society will be like, it's government's fault and really it's a structural fault. Mm. And and sometimes government will be like, no, it's a structural thing when Mm. actually it's their issue. So it's so interesting how it's It's both both ways. Yeah, I mean. Fascinating. They're both, they are. No, carry on, carry on, talk quickly. We got it. Yeah, man. They, they both. Those are two things that need to figure themselves out. You know, government and un- say it, an unjust system that hasn't been undone. Yeah, mm. those two things that are now in cahoots. Because mm. if you think about it, if you think about it, the ANC is the biggest friend of like that system mm-hmm. because they have their cronies, the black bourgeoisie, that are now benefiting from the same. They're not going to want to break that. Yeah. And and it so threatens a lot. I think here's where, and here's the rub, and I think this is where the it just messes with your mind, right? Even those that are fighting for it to come down aspire to be there. Mm. Right? So, so then it confuses everything because the moment, so you've got a party that says we will not take these benefits when we get to parliament and so on. Then you get the benefit like, whoa. Okay, that feels that quite feels, nice here. Yeah, yeah. this chair is so, nicer so, than so, I thought so, it was. It's nicer so, than it looks like. You know, TV. this this thing is a mindset that needs to be broken. Like, but it it's going to take a lot because mm. we don't know the alternative. We don't know what it is to live in an alternative setup comfortably. Mm. Mm. Uh, Lewo, thank you. Thank you for being with us uh, on this hour. It's way too short and, uh, you've got so much, you've got so many gems. I, I really mean that. I'm, I'm inspired by the deepness with which you think. All of um, us alike. Ah, oh, thanks, dude. Um, where can we find you quickly? Uh, give us Instagram, Twitter. What are you on? Uh, people Lewo- want to follow you. Lewo- I got a lecture from someone at Umuzu today, which is like, dog, you need to get your Twitter game up. <laughs> I, no, disclaimer, I, I, Twitter blew up when I was living in China and there was no Twitter there. So when I came oh. back, I was like, I missed it. Yeah. But then there were other forms of social media like Facebook and Instagram where I'm a little bit more active. So, you can find me there. All right, Rory. That's it, man. That's a show. That's it. We're done. We're done. We're done. We'll, see you, we'll see you next week Let's for a whole bunch of other stuff. Shout out to, shout out to our man DW. Dunk! Yeah. I thought we'd play out with double HP. Basopa. Wow. This song. Oof. Have yourself a fantastic Wednesday. We'll see you next week. If you missed anything on the show, check it out. Cliffcentral.com forward slash frankly speaking. Have yourself a good day. Ciao, ciao. Bazo
Cliffcentral. I've got something important to tell you. Cliffcentral.com.